Marty. Um, he will come to share with us later, and of course, Pac and Teresa and uh, Dale. And we have a very good meeting around the table when we eat, and we, we're talking about a story, a uh, story of Adam and Eve. Uh, you know, uh, you know Adam and Eve, they are European. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> oh, you have to know what, what, what Church of China is talking about. You know, in Sunday school, I, 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 you know, China, we respect copyright. <laughs> so we copy everything. <laughs> I, I was so, you know... This morning, I'm going to copy anything from your church. <laughs> I was thrilled to see those children in the front, you know, praising and worship the Lord. You know, they really, you see that they really have passion. They have passion for Jesus Christ. Do you think China need that? Can we copy that? <laughs> we have the copyright. <laughs> I'm going to bring it to China. I will tell my people how your children worshiping the Lord. Uh, last time, two years ago, in your mission conference, I had a little sharing, and about um, I remember I shared with you uh, a topic: life, father, life, son. Remember that you know you are our spiritual parents. You know you send missionary to the world, and my pastor in Hong Kong, from California, he is an American, and he and his wife speak. Uh, my pastor now probably speaks Cantonese better than English. He's a Native American. You know, he came to Hong Kong after the Vietnam War and in his early 20s, and now he's 70 years old. And uh, he uh, and his wife, if he married after a few years, he came to Hong Kong. He said to his wife, I'm California as well, you know, I have no time to date, and if you marry me, and you're going to stay in Hong Kong all of your life. And she did, and then uh, she, and they have two children. Two children, um, they, their first language is not English, it's Chinese. So their, their daughter married with a Hong Kong Chinese and, and now uh, take over the church, um, uh, uh, Hong Kong Chinese. And uh, both of them speak, you know, um, ministry in Hong Kong and China. Um, you know, this is a heritage from generation to generation. Isn't it beautiful? Do you feel proud to be part of America? You know, this is only one of the stories uh, you send out missionary or, or spread out the gospel or bring, uh, uh, fulfill the Great Commission. Only part of the story. You can name this story from, from Latin America. You did a lot of work in Mexico. You did a lot of Latin America, in Africa, here in some African brother and sister, in Asia, and Pastor Dell and, and, and Teresa, they support a, 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 your church, support and pray for a couple and in China. That's all the inheritance. You did it. Praise the Lord. But what is your answer of prayer? After you give, after you pray for your children, your spiritual children. You have children. You have grandchildren. Do you identify them? You know, I have to introduce myself too. You know, uh, some people call me Daniel. Some people call me Johnny. 
uh, I try to confuse people who I am. <laughs> and uh, I have one wife. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I have two sons and a daughter-in-law and one granddaughter. So I'm a little bit old, uh, three years old. Um, so China, uh, what you pray for China? I probably you pray for China during Cultural Revolution in the 60s. You pray for uh, maybe some of you has been a Bible career, bring Bible to China when China severely persecuted, or pray or give. You have done something for China, and China now uh, gradually open. God bless China because of prayer, because your fervent prayer, the Lord answer your prayer and answer the prayer of China. The question is, what next? If China opened up, just like America can do anything they want, what next? You know, we see all the blessing, um, finance reform, and God bless China. You know, this is my question to my people. You know, today, America has the biggest debt to China. But I asked my people, I said, people, do you think as a Christian, we own, American own us, or we own America? I tell you, we own you. We own the gospel of that. We need to pay back. And in, oh, I didn't finish my story about European. You know, uh, in Sunday school, we will ask our children, you know, do you, the, do you have a favorite color? We created by God, so we have a favorite color. Do you? And what is the favorite color of God? You don't have this subject to teach your children? <laughs> oh, we do in China. You know what is the favorite color of God? More? Rainbow. Rainbow. Yellow. yellow. Yeah. You know why yellow? You know, like, 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 create people like baked bread. You know, you put a dough into an oven, and you take it out, and, oh, it's not done, so white. <laughs> and take it out, it's overdone, it's black. And then take it out again, oh, it's, it's red. And this is a final one, so God took it out the right time. So it was golden yellow. <laughs> God loved it so much, so it creates so many yellow. <laughs> and then when, you, when Eve and, uh, and uh, Adam and Eve, and you know, uh, Adam was under the tree, Satan came to deceive him, and uh, Eve made a decision, and so he ate an apple. And at night, he'd bring it to Eve, and, and Eve eat an apple. And that's why today you have, uh, we have so much trouble. But if that day God created a Chinese, at that night would not be an apple. It would be a snake soup. <laughs> so it was your forefather. Make the mess. <laughs> okay, in uh, <laughs> Philemon's uh, chapter 1, verse 18. And this is what Paul said. He said, if he 
has done you anything wrong or owns you anything, charge it to me. Charge it to me. And Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Paul, he continued chartering Timothy. He said, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. And I think we receive charge from our spiritual parent, you, and you have been done good. I think you have probably, you didn't say that, maybe in Philippines, uh, Philippines, like, you know, this servant, this, this is my disciple, and uh, Paul, he said, this, this is a lousy, maybe he did so many bad things, and this slave has not deserved you to help, but because, because I love this slave, I love this disciple, anything he owns you, just charge me. I'm willing to pay any price for this person. I think this is a mission heart. There's no blood relationship. This is not my, my tribe. This is not my people. But I love him to the point I'm willing to pay whatever he owns you. Just charge me. And I think you did that. And I believe the answer of prayer is like father, like father, like son. And I have a, you know, when my child was small, and I'm a father, but even my son is 70 years old, I'm 90 years old, 90 plus, 70 years old still, my son. The relationship will not change. But today, America, I want, I want to challenge you to reposition. Reposition what age of your children today? How do you see China? How do you see Mexico? How do you see so-called the third world, spiritual third world? What is your position? Your position, look at them like a three-year-old children, or you look at them like a teenager? Or reposition as a persecuted church, or the third world church, Mexico, China, Latin American, African, and so on. How do we see our father? What is our relationship with our spiritual parents? We look at our father, our parents, just like three years old. Father, give me. I need a candy. Or a position, growing up a little bit older, 10 years old, 12 years old, Father, I don't need a candy. I need a computer. <laughs> I need a laptop. I want to be an I generation. Or you grow a little bit older. I'm a teenager. A little bit rebellion. Don't have, you don't tell me. I know what to do. 
You don't have this generation in America. Only China. <laughs> Or grow up a little bit more. I can do a little bit. And and when they go to twenty twenty some, they still make some decision. You don't like it, but they growing up. You let them make some mistake. They old enough to handle the mistake. They have to learn from mistake. You reposition as a father, as a mother. I think the spiritual principle as well. Would you allow your spiritual children to make mistake today? You know, this is something really in my heart and burning in my heart is position and relationship. The West is here, America, Europe, and so on. We call that spiritual parent has been sending missionary over hundreds of years. You can see the entire history, and they they go to. China, Asia, Africa,、uh, Latin America, and all over the world, India, and so on, to spread the gospel. The relationship is like from here to all the third spiritual world. It's up and down, up and down. You know, I'm an Asian. I can I can say that. You know, when American or European come to China, we look at them. Doesn't matter. You know, they they what degree they have, or are they good or bad. Oh, you from the West? You must be better than us. Come to share with us. We respect you. But how about the relationship here? Can China connect it with India? Can Africa connect it with Mexico? You know this kind of relationship I call brothers' relationship. I go to Mexico. I go to Pakistan. I think it's very different from a white, a Caucasian going to Pakistan. I, I think I can say something you cannot say, because we we have brothers talk. You talk to Canadian, it's different. Talk to European, because you have closer relationship. I can say something very hard in Africa. And recently, I was in Kenya. I preaching in in a, in a church in a Sudanese a refugees church. I challenged them to give. They are poor. They are refugees. But what's wrong of giving? Giving is not because you have abundant. Even you don't have it, you better give. We need this message in the third world in the persecuted church. So.、Um, This is what、um, what we try to communicate. Nexus, you know what? Do you know what does it mean? Nexus. N e x u s. It's English. I'm so proud for this name because many people don't understand this English. So I can teach you English. <laughs> Nexus is not just Nexus phone. Nexus is connection. We are the connection. The connection is for the body of Christ. We we want to talk to Pakistanis church. We want to talk to to African church. We want to talk to Mexican church as a brothers, and we can challenge each other. We can fulfill the great commission together as a body of Christ. Amen. Amen. And.、Um, I have a, a a short video. Would like to share with you. This is what happened,、uh, starting from、uh, Christmas last year. A simple story, 
um, Chinese missionary in Middle East to seeing uh, the refugees um, in Lebanon in Baker Valley, and thousands of refugees was there, and many of them they are Muslim. Um, uh, his son giving candy to the refugees, three years old Chinese, and turning around and said to the father, "Father, so cold. They have they don't have enough clothing. They don't have they don't have shoes. They have bare foot, and they must be very cold. I have no money to buy them shoes or clothes, but I have candy, so I give my candy to them." And right after they came back from the refugee camp, I called the missionary. He gave me this story. It just grabbed my heart. And then I, I said, wow, in my next trip, I will bring you a few bags of clothing. He said, no, no, no. Uh, uh, okay, come on. And then I called, I was in China, called a sister in Shanghai, and she had so much faith. He said, let's bring a container. I said, we have no money, we have no plan, we don't know, we've never done that in, that, uh, in our ministry. And it was so amazing, um, in 18 days, from zero, no experience, and we shipped one 20-feet container full of new clothing and shoes for the children and for the people in, uh, the, um, uh, for the refugees. Can we have the video? The Levant refers to an ancient geographic region identified roughly with nine countries and corresponds loosely to the term Near East. It includes Cyprus, a province of southern Turkey, Israel, Jordan, Lebanon, the Palestinian territories, Syria, and sometimes Iraq and the Sinai region of Egypt. In January 2015, the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees estimated 9 million out of 20 million Syrians, almost half the population of the country, have fled their homes since the outbreak of the civil war in March 2011. Most have taken refuge within Syria itself, but over 3 million have fled to Syria's immediate neighbors. As of January 2015, there were more than 1.3 million registered Syrian refugees in Lebanon, 1 million in Turkey, and 800,000 in Jordan. Refugee situation is very bad. 
everything is frozen here. Most of the children don't have shoes, and I saw their feet were red and swollen, painful from the freezing weather. I'm sending you some photos I took. The family in the picture is a single mother with her six children. None of the children have shoes or socks, but the good news is that they are now believers. In their great difficulty, it was Christians who helped them. Jesus said, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. And you visited me. The Syrian refugee crisis and Jesus' words are the reasons for Love to Love Farm Project, a 20-foot container packed with love launched in January 2015 from mainland China and headed for the Levant. From the beginning of never-ending emails and WeChat messages, to the end when the packing was completed, this 20-foot container full of new clothing and supplies, which were specially requested by our contacts in the refugee camps, took only 18 days. God worked amazingly fast. The ship left February 4th, and is to arrive at the Levant after 20 days. Please pray for speedy and efficient distribution of the goods to those who need them the most, and for peace and salvation for the suffering refugees. Thank you for your acts of kindness. Your servant, Nexus Mission. This is beautiful. And uh, this project complete and uh, about a month ago, I was in uh, Levan, and uh, that I saw the last bag from the warehouse to go to refugees. I saw the refugees from uh, uh, from Iraq, and Iraqian refugee church, and all the brother and sister they come to collect those those clothing. Before this project was finished, my colleagues uh, in Hong Kong. Um, was invited to share with one group of uh, business people. Actually, they're from Xinjiang, and they came to Hong Kong for a conference. So uh, she shared with them about this project and this group of Chinese, people who love the Lord. And after only 10 minutes before it finished, and this man, he stood up. He said, why don't you share with us? Can we, can we do something? Of course, you can do something. And then uh, this is probably the most easier project we've never done in China. And we all we need to do is provide information, um, pictures, and what we're going to do next. And a long process. And probably this is one of the history in China. Because most of the time we've raised funds for China. But this time is we've raised funds in China. And then the money take it out from China officially. I'm talking about go through the central government. And because this is uh, 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 this businessman, they, they are, some of them, the, the chairman, was the congressman in China. But they are Christian. Is it wonderful? Is it, this is what your prayer? Life, father, life, son? And then uh, they raise the money in the church and also um, they do everything they could and, and bring the money and, uh, to Hong Kong now today. So this is the first container. We've never done that before. I'm not a businessman. I'm a missionary. i never done that. I don't know how to do shipping, buying, and th- that kind of thing, but God's help. And this container, 20-feet container, it costs almost like 40,000 U.S. dollars. 
but no single dollar from outside of China. Not Hong Kong, not Taiwan, not America, every dollar from mainland China, and also not from many churches, around 20 churches. And their churches are small churches. I'm talking about uh, smaller churches, about 10, 20 people. The biggest church among these 20 churches, about 100, 100 plus people. And in 18 days, and I didn't speak one sermon. That means I never see the supporter face to face. We sent out the newsletter in China, and then they begin to call, and uh, they begin to give. I only talked to them by phone, and 18 days, we finished this project. In one month, we raised enough money for this first container. But that's, a, that, that's more than that. Yes, after that, and now probably by the end of the year, we already have one shipment from Ohio and going to Levan and full of used clothing, shoes for the refugees. And then we will have one I'm going to after this, I will go to Hong Kong and we will going to raise one container from Hong Kong. And uh, there will be another the second container from China. And probably we will have another container from Brazil by before the winter. Praise the Lord. Is that like Father, like Son? We need to challenge the third world to rise up. Now, doing mission work is very empty. What do you mean doing mission work? What do you mean sending missionary? We want to see some fruit. We need to pay back. We, need to, we cannot just stay here, just listen to all the bad news. I think ISIS give all over the world many bad news. Make us discouraged. But we can return with love. Less than one month ago, I was, about one month ago, I was uh, in, in Jordan and just a few miles from, uh, from, Syria, uh, from Iraq. And looking Iraq in front of my eye and in the church, a ministry in the church, in front of me, you know, not a big church, about 60 to 80 people on Sunday. I share with them. But this very, very special congregation, more than half of them, so-called MBB, Muslim background believers. Everyone have their story. I can talk to them, you know, many of them. Probably half of them tell me a story like, oh, when I was in Syria, when I was in Iraq, I saw a dream, I, I saw a vision. We heard a lot of that. Can a dream and vision bring you to Christ? Yes, but it needs to go through a process. You cannot just see a dream or, or, or vision and all of a sudden you become a Christian. You need some people to help you. Just like the, the, the video said, you know, this family of six, six children, many of them, the refugees, their father died because of war. And then they see vision, but they don't understand what is this. They guess, maybe this is Jesus. What, but what, what related with Muslim? What related with my religion? Even I don't like my religion. And then Christian came along 
when they're desperate. Give them a shoes. Give them a clothes. Why you love us? Even our people don't love us. They hate us. They kill us. I have so many questions for my religion. Why are you coming along to help us? I have no relationship with you. Because they love. Because one shoes. Because one cloth opened the door. They begin to have relationship. They begin to talk. As a result, they share with them. I saw a dream. I have a dream. That must be Jesus. Yes, this is Jesus. That's why I come. That's why those MPP were sitting in front of me. Brother and sister, it's action. We need to have action to fight back for this enemy. It's bringing them love. Not loving them in America here. We need to go to them. We want to join hand with you. Like father, like son. You can do something. I think you have so many we can copy from you. But maybe something you cannot go there to do it. Because your color, because your nationality. I think that's the reality we have to face today. You're very free 30 years ago, 40 years ago. You can do anything you want in any part of the world. But the world today is different. I believe this is God give the third world opportunity to serve. So we cannot just walk away from this opportunity. But we cannot acknowledge you. We are the body of Christ. We have to join hands together. Um, if, and then I'd like to share a little bit about what, uh, what we came, the reason for a couple from China to share with you. And uh, they've done beautiful things. And can I have the picture? And this is the recent picture. I got it from them. It's not, some, some pictures are not very clear. And because it's from, from the WeChat. And Naomi and Drew, and probably you saw the picture. Next. And this is uh, uh, the husband, Jew's mother. I want to tell you the difference of this marriage. Next. You can see the, the face. And this is the Naomi's family. I mean, the, the village is like that. Next. It's a minority in China. This is a uh, uh, Jew. He, he's uh, Africa coding. This is where he comes from. In China, we have... Uh, uh, 56 different tribes. I'm a Hong Chinese. Uh, Hong is a Hong Chinese too. So, but we have 56, and this is one of the minority. Next, they call Wa. And this is uh, what, how they eat. You know, you see, they have no concrete. They, they live in a dirt. Uh, this is the room, and this is what, where they ministry, where Jew come from. Next. And this is how they, they're farming. It's a terra field and a lot of mountain in the border between China and Burma. Next. Next. And this is where um, the wife, Naomi, come from in Shenyang, where Hong's uh, city. Next. And you see very different. Both is China. And this is China. Compare what? Next. This is Shenyang, and this is Shenyang high-rise building. Next. And this is how the distance. 
And Shenyang, you see all the way up there, this is Hong's hometown. And Beijing a little bit lower. And then you see Yunnan. And attached uh, Yunnan, there's Laos and Burma. They are close to Yun, uh, Burma border. And there's this 250 uh, miles. If they fly from uh, Shenyang all the way to Yunnan. So it's a long distance. Next. And this is their, their ministry. This is their place, their college. And then none of them, they're Hong Chinese. They're a minority. And Marty will going to share with us later after this. Next. And this is their farm and uh, in the mountain region. Just next. This is a little bit closer. Next. Monty can share with us. They have a daddy farm. Next. And a cheese made in China. Next. And this is Naomi and working in the farm. Next. Next. And this is Jill who leading a song among uh, the workers. Next. And this is the current ministry. Now, next. And this is the people, they are Chinese. Next. And this is a church ministry. Next. Next. And this, uh, in this area, very poor. And like these two children, they, the mother was remarried. And the father died, and this is the end. And the older daughter now uh, is uh, almost have never have any education. Next. And you probably see some rich Chinese, but this is the Chinese, their ministry. Next. And many of them, they are um, mostly 99% the ministry to the a minority next, living in this kind of shack house and pray for people in the house meeting next. And Naomi teach the children, and many of them they have they are uh, never have received any education next. 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 And this is one of another house meeting next. And also they reach out to uh, go to Thailand next to do what? And because they're, they're, uh, they're people, they don't have their own language, Bible. And they never, many of them, they never heard the name of Jesus. So they have recording and Marty can share with us a little bit more for this project next. And um, beside that, they came to, uh, we invite you to China, to the World Conference. This is in China, and we, uh, we've been holding two conferences. And conference here is, in America, a piece of cake, but not in China. And we're still under restriction, we still have danger, but we want to do more mission to encourage the church's leader to understand what mission about. So uh, we have almost like 200 people here. Pat Echo was there with us, and Monty was with us. We have missionaries from the field, 
and uh, Nexus uh, serving in 13 countries, and in Laos, Bangladesh, and Africa, and so on. So missionaries come. They're all Chinese. I'm talking about the mainland Chinese missionary. They come back to the conference to share with the, the church leader, I'm a missionary, but don't have a romantic for missionary work. It's hard work, and you, we don't see many fruit in a few years. We need to lay our labor, learn the language, just like you missionary. We, we want to bring the reality of mission to Church of China. That's the reason for this China to the world. We want to invite you to come, and our next conference is in April. Next. And so Naomi's mother came, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Jewish mother came to our conference, and this group of South African uh, missionaries, uh, church leader with them. Next. And this is, uh, we asked them to share in our, we call Joy Hand Court, Fulfill the Great Commission. Next. And the whole uh, support church of uh, this couple came. You see, Pat was there. And, uh, and her sister last year came here. The home church uh, leader also came to encourage them. Next. And this is the Naomi and Jill and uh, his mother. Next. I think that's probably the end. And this is just reason. A few days ago, they sent me this picture. Baptized, uh, Jill baptized a new believer. In this place, and uh, Monty is going to share with us, uh, very, very few gospel was there. Next. And now because uh, the support, they, they go have their chicken house. Next. Uh, this is the, the new chicken they have <laughs> and in a month. Uh, they, they need going to six months. It's not in the, like America. America, two months. You can sell, put the chicken in the market. <laughs> Next. And they're going to build a house here and, in this land. Next. And thank you for the support. And uh, we've been together supporting them and help them to have a motorcycle. I think this is the end of the picture. Marty, can you come? He's a very good guy. I admire him very much. And he, his Mandarin, I jealous him. His man, Mandarin is better than my Mandarin. Can you believe that? I couldn't believe it. I, can, I still cannot accept that. And he, he speaks more than Mandarin. And Hua is one of the tribal language. Don't speak too much. <laughs> Well, as you guys know, Johnny's a very special kind of guy. He's, um, <clears throat> he's, uh, he's the kind of guy that will always take you by surprise, um, just like he did this morning when he told me I'd be speaking today. So um, I've been praying about it for the last 45 minutes, about what we should be saying. But um, there, there are some things that God's put on my heart, and um, mostly I just want to... Uh, really exhort what Johnny, um, well, I call him Johnny, but he used, I found he's got these other names and aliases, so you could probably call him whatever you want. <laughs> um, he, he'll, he'll respond. He'll respond. <laughs> so, um, but uh, he's, uh, I really want to exalt what he's been doing. He, he's the real deal. Um, 
You know, you, you get a lot of people these days. Everybody's got a nonprofit organization these days. Everybody's got a, a, a ministry that they're passionate about. And, um, but they're, it's hard to know who, who, who is going to be um, really invested, where, where, where the real quality um, involvement is. And um, even, even over in China, I've been working there for 15 years now with my family. And um, we get approached quite a bit from different Chinese um, believers that want to do ministry, but um, there's a very broad range of training and experience and, and competence in doing ministry, especially if they're going cross-cultural to another country or to one of the minority groups that's in China. And so um, you, you really have to walk kind of carefully. And, um, but when I met Johnny, um, I approached it kind of that way too, but as I began to watch him, and I've been seeing how he does ministry, how he connects with churches, what his heart is, how their finances are handled, um, I've just been more and more impressed. And uh, he, he's a trustworthy man. He's a trustworthy ministry. And Nexus is doing a pretty amazing work. If you guys don't, don't know, um, China is becoming the next world power. Um, now, whether we like it or not, that's another story, Okay. But it's happening. It's happening. Um, if you were to line up everybody in the world today, line them up, and just a representation, 100 people representing all the people in the world, and you line them up from this wall all the way over to this wall here, and you start counting, you'd count like this. You'd go, one, two, three Chinese. One, two, three Chinese. One, two, three Chinese. Population of the world, over one-fourth of the world's population lives in China. Um, the most spoken language in the world, Mandarin Chinese. Um, the, the, the second fastest growing, or the, the fastest growing economy is China. Um, the second wealthiest economy, China. Um, it, it's, I mean, there, there's, there's a great distance between them and, and, and maybe the U.S. at this point, but the, the gap is closing. And, but even more than that, though, looking at the spiritual aspect of things, in China, the most conservative estimate of Christians, okay? The most conservative estimate of Christians is around 60 million. 60 million Christians. Now, these are Christians that we would say are, have actually been vetted through the process, okay? They haven't been um, comfortably coming into a religion or a program or something that is just supplements their life. It's something that they've re received persecution. They've been ostracized from their family. They've usually received at least social persecution, if not government persecution. And they've chosen that because of what they see in the gospel of Christ. And so this, the most conservative estimate of 60 million Christians who've been persecuting, you probably say these guys are really living out the gospel in their lives, compared with the United States, that the, the most a report I just read said about 10% of the people in the United States, which would be about 30 million people, um, 32, 34 million people, uh, would, would confess that Jesus is Christ, that he rose from the dead, the very basic um, beliefs of the faith. Now, there might be more than that that go to church, but those who would say, Jesus is Lord, um, it should impact the way we live, it should affect our decisions, it should affect how we use our money, it should affect the jobs we take. Those people, there's about 10% in, in America, so 30 million. So China actually has twice as many persecuted, um, mature, growing Christians than the United States right now, okay? 
And they're sending them out. They're sending them out. They're wanting, there, there's a, a, as Johnny, I'll just use Johnny's color analogy, but there's a, there's a yellow wave coming across Asia right now, okay? And they're, and they're, they're okay. They're able to live in places without as much, uh, um, they're just not used to necessarily the, the comforts that we may be used to, and so it just doesn't bother them as much to go into these places. Um, there are some things that we, and me and Johnny have talked about, that they, they, need, they need to be learning and maturing in, but they're willing to do that. Um, language is difficult. Cross-cultural relationships are difficult, but they're doing it. They're doing it. And um, Nexus is one of the organizations, one of the few organizations that I've seen that's really focusing on the Chinese church and helping the Chinese church engage cross-culturally around the world in a mature manner. And so um, I'll just say that about Johnny. You can thank me later, okay? <laughs> um, he, he didn't know I was going to say that. Um, let me just do a quick, quick introduction of how we've seen Nexus work, work with us real quick. Um, you know, I, I've been working over there for 15 years. I have a wife, five children. We first went um, to China. We just had a backpack. Um, we went to China twice. We went there when, about you know, 17 years ago, we just had our backpacks. We were brand newly married, um, very idealistic, and went there, showed up. And then um, a few years later, God blessed us with a few kids, and we moved back into China again. And that time, we actually took a literal ton, a thousand kilograms of stuff with us <laughs> at that point. So we've we've seen it from different angles. Um, we uh, we we went into China to serve. Not, not actually to serve the, the, the Chinese church, but to, to serve a, a minority group that lives in China. Um, it's, they're called the Wa people. The Wa people, um, they're, uh, they're a different group. Um, you, you look at them, they, they don't look the same as Chinese people necessarily. They're usually darker, they have rounder eyes, a little more stocky. They live up in the mountains on the border of China, on the very western border, and so they've been kind of um, a bit isolated from mainstream Chinese culture for a long time. And so the Wa people, um, I wish I had a picture to show you. They're a pretty fierce group. They have 100 years of, um, well, no, I'm sorry, they have 800 years of uh, history of headhunting. And so they, they believe for a long, long time that if they were going to have enough rice to eat, they had to cut somebody's head off and put it in the spirit forest and then that spirit would be locked into the mountain and would help the rice to produce a bountiful harvest. And so um, you can imagine, it's not hard to imagine why they're in the middle of several minority groups that have kind of been reached. If you've heard of the Lisu people, James Frazier, the China Inland Mission, um, some of the history of missions in that area, there's several groups around the wall that have, have had a, a long-term Christian influence and presence, but the wall haven't. And the reason is if you're going to have a choice, if you're a missionary or a minister, right? <laughs> if you have a choice where you're going to go and share the gospel, it's either with the people who don't cut heads off or the people who do. Where are you going to go? Um, if they're both in equal need of the gospel, you're probably going to start off here, you know, get your feet wet, and then, then maybe work your way up into the headhunters. So that's one reason that they've been unreached for such a long time. Another reason is um, recently after the communist uh, liberation in China, they, the, uh, if any of you are studies, students of history, all along the border of China and Myanmar was unstable. It was never a solid border. They, even today, they say it's here, but, I mean, you really don't know because you can walk back and forth across it without much problem. And so at that time, they were um, forming the 
politics of communism versus the 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 influence of the West trying to um, dispel communism in the areas, um, a lot of rebel armies formed. Well, these rebel armies formed along those border areas, and they that they were landlocked and they didn't have access to any trade or communication. And so the only thing that they could really do that could be a cash crop ended up being the drug trade. And so they started off with opium and then moved on later to other types of drugs. Um, the, because of that, the Wa people actually formed their own government. There's about a million and a half Wa people there, and they have their own army, and they've become the equivalent of the Colombian drug cartel for Southeast Asia. They're the number one distributors of drugs throughout the entire Southeast Asia region. They used to be number one in opium, producers of opium in the world. The number one producers of opium in the world until um, the Taliban was kicked out of Afghanistan. <laughs> and now Afghanistan has become the number one producer of opium. But the Wa are number two now. Is that, and I, um, there, it, I just say all that to say a history of headhunting, now a, a, an army that is actually in a blacklisted area. It's a, a place you'll never, you won't find on any map, but it, you can Google some things. If you guys want to write it down, Google the United Wa State Army. It's a real thing. Um, they have their, their own militias, their own coalition of warlords, their own government, their own uh, Department of Education. Um, but they're in an area that you won't find on any, any map along the border of China. Um, so it's very difficult to, get, to access these areas. So when we went into this area, knowing what we were, a little bit knowing what we were doing, in the beginning I think God kind of tricked us into it, but in the beginning when we, we knew a little bit that we, it was going to be challenging, we knew we had to have some kind of a way to go in other than just saying, hey, we're missionaries and we'd like to share the gospel with you guys. Like, first you have to get through the Chinese government, Right, and then you have to get through these headhunting warlords, right? <laughs> and so it was going to be challenging. Um, we prayed about it and prayed about it, and eventually God led us to the uh, through a, a long string of details. I won't go into. We started a dairy farm. Now I know it sounds crazy to have be producing milk in a country of lactose intolerant people. <laughs> I thought it was crazy too. But God blessed it, all right? And evidently, there's some people that are less lactose intolerant than others. <laughs> and we, we've been selling our milk for the last few years now, and we've been selling it at a price of about $12 a gallon. And we, we deliver it, distribute it to, the, uh, to our customers in the local towns there. And um, it's been self-sufficient, and it's been generating a profit that all goes back into the, the ministry and into the farm there. Some of the pictures that Johnny showed were the farm where we have the, the dairy going on there. Um, so it's served, the farm has been able to serve as a community a place for recovery for these people. Um, most of all people, they're kind of, they're kind of like the, the, the Irish of Asia. They're functional alcoholics most of the time. <laughs> they live in the hills and um, there's the, the only recreation they really have is, is drinking. And so most of them are coming out of a huge, and of course drinking is a gateway to their own drug use and the abuse that happens all throughout the villages. And so the farm has served as a, as a center of recovery for a lot of these people coming out of that when they come to faith. Um, there's really not a structure, a support structure in place in their villages to uh, support them in their faith. And so the farm serves as a place where they can come and kind of develop some roots and maturity to grow their faith. Um, 
And so that's how we got connected in with the couple we just, you just saw on the screen there, Naomi and Jell. He, he's actually from that area. It's a pretty amazing story. Um, I don't have time to tell it, but the way that he came about and contacted us was really just God working in a miracle for 15, 20 years. Um, but he, he's come along, and he said he's actually from the area that, where the most headhunting took place, where the darkest area, that area where he is from, um, the first time I went there back in 2000, the first, people, the first person that I met that we were having a gospel conversation with had a seizure, fell over, hit his head on the concrete floor, and died. That was the first person we had a gospel um, conversation with. A few months later, the first person that we were having um, headway with sharing the gospel and seeing them really interested in the gospel in that area um, there's no churches, no churches. You know, it's an area of over 100,000 people, so I don't know what the population of Stillwater is, but anybody know? Huh? Half of that, 50,000 maybe in Stillwater? So twice the, twice the size of Stillwater, okay, no churches. No churches, no gospel witness, no believers that we know of. I went there first time on a hiking trip. I went there, a backpacking trip to that area. I, I asked a guy on the road, I said, hey, um, have you guys ever heard of Jesus? And he thought about it and said, yeah, 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 he lives in that village. <laughs> These guys, he didn't want to embarrass me by my own ignorance, right? And so they don't know any, they've never had a gospel witness there. Um, and so Jow comes from that area, okay? The first person that we had a, a, a deeper relationship with, we're sharing the gospel with, was very interested in the gospel. We shared with him all night long in his hut in his village. And he said, I really want to believe, but I want to wait till my family can believe with me. He the next morning, we prayed for him, we left, we hiked out of it, found out later, within a few hours after we left his village, he had, he had tur- tuberculosis, he had a coughing fit, had an aneurysm, and died. So first person we have a gospel conversation with dies, first person that we have a, a deep, meaningful discipleship type, trying, he's interested in the gospel, he dies. Um, within, within that same time, next year, we were praying with the house church in China, and they sent out two couples, two families, to go into this area to share the gospel. And we're like, wow, they're Chinese. They could probably do it better than us. That's great. You know, they can live there. And so they go in there. One of them has a, about an eight-year-old son. Within the first few weeks of him living in the area, he starts manifesting demonic activity, and within a year, they're gone. The other family, with, they're, they're there for a year. They're serving. Um, it's very difficult. They ended up um, Satan really took advantage of some things in, in their marriage and really split them apart. They ended up divorced, and they were gone. Um, another year later, we were back, and my wife was leading a group of uh, Taiwanese women on a short-term mission trip in the area, just praying, not really doing a lot of evangelistic activity at all, but through some circumstances, when they were sharing the gospel at one time, it was to the wrong person at the wrong time. Long story short, my wife was kicked out of China, from that, from that area for sharing the gospel in that area. Something that really doesn't happen. I mean, people, it, was, it was a very minor, minor, minor offense. It shouldn't have escalated to that point. But she was kicked out of and blacklisted for the next five years. And so we had to actually leave China at that time and leave that group. But um, praise God, they, they, that group, like I said, lives along the border area, so we were able to move to another country and live on that border area and still keep interacting with them. Five years later, the, the blacklisting time was up, and we moved back into China. So this area is a very dark area. That's what I'm trying to communicate here, okay? <laughs> if, if, you haven't, if you haven't caught on to that part yet, it, it's very spiritually dark. And to realize that we've been praying for this area for so long with no real breakthroughs, no real breakthroughs, we, ended up, we actually ended up moving outside of that, working with 
the, the larger dialect area where there were some churches and activity that we could be involved in, but our heart really always being for this unreached area. And then this guy that you saw up on the screen here, Zhao, his wife Naomi, they show up on our doorstep, and we find out that they're from that area. And over a course of events, like I can't go into right now, um, God had been working to bring him to faith 20 years earlier, before we even had a heart for that area, before we even knew about that area. And I'd been crying out to God and saying, God, how come you're not doing anything here? How come nothing's going on? And the whole time he's back there saying, you, you just can't see it. You just can't see it. He was working from the very beginning. And now Zhao is back there. Um, through the support of Nexus and the training and the partnership, they've been able to be back in his, his, that area there. They've led several families to faith. There are two uh, groups meeting right now, Bible study groups. Um, they're on the verge of becoming churches. It'll be the first time in history that there's ever been a church in this dark, spiritual, spiritually dark, impoverished area of headhunters and drug dealers, ever. First time in history. <laughs> and I wish I could take credit for it. <laughs> but as I said, God basically stiff-armed us from ever being really involved in it. And I think it's because he wants the glory. <laughs> he wants the glory. And now we're in a position of saying, God, just show us we, we want to help. What can we do to come alongside you where you're already moving there? Well, one thing that you can do is begin talking to anybody that's in this church that's interested in that can begin talking with Nexus, talking with Johnny about what they can do to come alongside that. So thank you very much. Thank you. Well, look at this, this picture. We have new covenant here. And you know, Pastor Dale, every week writing an email to Naomi and Jill, and they, they said, uh, we have to tell Pastor Dale, thank you for your encouragement. And then we, we have uh, 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 their church all the way in Shenyang, you know, 400 miles away from where they are. And then we, we have California, Pack Echo there, and we have uh, um, uh, Monty was there, and what a beautiful picture. We're all part of that. And, and in this uh, glorious things, we, we, we love, we, we play love with haters. Those people want to kill missionary, chop people's head off. But together, together as a body of Christ. Amen. Um, uh, before I sit down, I would like to uh, run up. We have a resource table there, and this is a very beautiful necklace um, from Cambodia. And uh, people uh, very poor, you know, um, but we want helping disciple the young people, and but want to help them for their living. So they uh, all this uh, coconut shell uh, handmade. You know, I'm, a, I'm no machine. You know, the machine, you it's just like that. And um, I love this card very much. And this is from Bangladesh from the, um, you know, Bangladesh is very small if you look at the map. 
but the total population of Bangladesh is a half of the total population of America. And um, seven million street, uh, 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 children in the street in Dhaka, the capital. Um, every court, you know, they make all handmade by the Muslim ladies. You know, they have many wives. And when they have a new wife, and then they will abandon their former wife. And at the end, the uh, former wife of children will live in a slum. So the missionary helping them. And they don't have food. So we want to help them to um, have food with their hand. So they put this uh, all handmaids together. Up, um, and the children, and we teach them and also help them to put this card together. So every card represents two meals for a family of four. And um, we have beautiful project in love career, you know, one of our projects, and we're sending food, and I don't have to illustrate the poverty, the starvation in love career to you. Um, and feel free to take some of this, uh, a card. Um, this represents we sending warm, sending food, and clothing to the old people and the orphan in North Korea. And uh, another card you see at the back, a small page, is the North Korean, uh, uh, is a Korean Bible. I forgot to bring some with me, and very tidy, small. It's a New Testament, and along with the food, we disappear in North Korea. So um, feel free to take it, and uh, we want to join hand with you. Before, I, I really want to share the word of the Lord, and before I sit down, very quickly, um, this is what uh, Paul, uh, in Second Timothy 1.4, and I want to run up at five, uh, within five minutes. Uh, bear with me. And in Second Timothy 1.4, Recording your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. And this time, Paul was in the prison. And the last call in his life, the last book he wrote in this earth. And this time here in the prison is very different. And it was cold, it was winter. And uh, uh, one six. For this reason, I remind, uh, I'm sorry, one eight. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or shame of me, his prisoner. That means your brother in under persecution. But join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. 15, 115, you know that everyone in the province of Asia has tested me. Paul, he felt lonely at that time. Nobody with him. Everyone, anyone who in contact with Paul, you're in danger. Because Roman Empire want to crack down the ministry of Paul. In this kind of circumstances, uh, 116, 2 Timothy, May the Lord show mercy to the household of Odephius, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. What a beautiful word. And Paul, he praised this man, Onephius. He refreshed me. He was not ashamed of my chain, of my prisoner. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. 
There's no directory you can look for your brother and sister who are under suffering or persecuted. But this man, he searched hard in room, all the way, coming to room to look for Paul, to refresh Paul. This is what we do. Refresh Naomi and Jill. They serve hard for the Lord, but we need to search them and give them comfort, just like in the old day for Paul. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know every, very well in how many ways he helped me in efficiency. And then chapter 2, verse 2, And the thing you have heard me saying in the presence of many wickedness and trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Here talking about four generations. Paul, the first generation. Timothy, the second generation. Reliable people to teach the others. I think this is a mission about. And you want to pass on from generation to generation. Chapter 4, verse 6. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. The time has come. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the way. I have kept the faith. And then this last few words was Paul before he see Jesus, before he died. He said to the church, Do your best to come to me quickly. Chapter 4, 11. He said, Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Paul was longing. He said, Get me Mark. Get me people. Come to me. I need some help. 13, chapter 4, 13. When you come, bring the cook. It was winter. Paul was in the basement. He was lonely. He had a physical need, need. Bring me a cook. And then he said, and bring my score. Bring the Bible. And especially the parchment. Bring the New Testament to me. Paul, he had four requests before he died, before he see Jesus. He said, bring me the people. Bring me the physical need. Bring me the spiritual book. Bring me the Bible. Do your best. The last word is at 421. Do your best to get here before winter. What does that mean? Paul, you're crazy. You know what happened last winter? You met a storm. It's not a good time for travel. Is it a good time for you or a good time for God's timing? The time has come. The challenge is in front of us. Shall we bow our head? Father, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you. You bind us together and all the way, you know, from around the world. Father, you are so great. And you've done so many things. You have planned before we can think of and we, before when we are very discouraged, like just like Marty and or Naomi and Jill, they, they're facing a very, very difficulty or challenge. But you have planned. 
and you have your timing. And you said to Paul, the time has come. And this morning you said to us, the time has come. Father, speak to us. Speak to us clearly. What should we do as a church? We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the giving. Thank you, Lord, for the love. Thank you, Lord, for the support, for the mission for the world. We ask your continued blessing in still water, in new covenant. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you very much. Yeah, come on up, Pat. Right. Set 90 seconds on the clock for me, please. Just kidding. I'm a few weeks late. I missed the missions conference, but I'm here. But I just want to say, if anybody will commit to praying for John Naomi, meet me in the back. I'll take your name and address. I'll send you a photo next week when I get home, and I will keep you updated on how they're doing and what they're doing. Because, I mean, it's important to give. Yeah, Nexus needs, well, all missionaries need money. The more they have, the more they can do. But I really want to raise up prayer warriors for these. You've heard how, how dark it is where they're working. And we need some real spiritual warfare for them. So if you'll commit to pray, I'll send you a photo and put you on the list to send you updates. Good to be home. Thank you. Let's all stand together.